Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the new year comes the perfect time to try out some new things. So it's the perfect time to add native aluminum-free deodorant to your 2021 routine. I have tried almost every aluminum-free deodorant there is, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt that native is my absolute favorite. Native cares about your armpits, which is why their list has ingredients you've actually heard of and can pronounce, like coconut oil and shea butter. Not just that, but none of their products are tested on animals, and almost everything is vegan. So you can feel good about your choice to switch. There are so many options to choose from, and I don't just mean their normal line and seasonal scents. There is a line of sensitive deodorants for those with baking soda sensitivities, plastic-free for those wanting to cut down their plastic consumption, and unscented for those who are all about their own scent. And if that wasn't enough to convince you to try Native, making the switch is risk-free to try because every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. So head over to Native and pick out your perfect scent. Make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash morningcup or use the promo code morningcup at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash morningcup. Or use the promo code MORNINGCUP to check out for 20% off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. You never expect an attack to take place in broad daylight. Terrible things are usually reserved for the dark. But on January 12, 1990, the Claremont killer took his first of what would be six victims while they were safe in their home in the light of day. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Little is known about Cleophas Prince Jr. before his first victim. But what we do know is that just two months after he was court-martialed in October of 1989 for larceny and served a small sentence, he was discharged from the Navy and moved to a Buena Vista Gardens apartment in San Diego County, California, where he lived until May of 1990. This bit of information is important because while living there with his girlfriend and working at a local builder supply store, Cleophas met and murdered Tiffany Schultz on January 12th, Janine Weinhold on February 16th, and Holly Tarr on April 3rd. All three were young, beautiful, white, and living near the Buena Vista apartments. Police theorized correctly that the Claremont killer stalked his victims before entering the female's residence during the day through an unlocked door or window and surprising them in vulnerable moments, like in the middle of or just after taking a shower. When he caught them off guard, he would stab them to death with knives he took from their own kitchen. In the case of Tiffany Schultz, who was 20 years old when Cleophas surprised her while sunbathing, her boyfriend was arrested for the murder, but released three days later. The manager of her apartment said that a stranger approached her at around 10.30 a.m. asking for a hanger so he could unlock his vehicle. 
When she gave it to him, he walked towards the apartments rather than to the vehicle on the street she thought was his. Within hours of this happening, witnesses near Tiffany's apartment heard the sound of running water and loud thuds. When her nearly naked body was found by her roommate, she had been stabbed 47 times and had her face beaten. Janine Weinhold, who lived in the same complex as Cleophus, was killed around 11.30 a.m. She had been stabbed 22 times and raped. Seminal fluid left on her body that would help investigators determine that her attacker was a black male, though at the time this was all the DNA would provide. Holly Tarr, who was only 18 years old, was visiting her brother at his Buena Vista Gardens apartment when she was stabbed to death. Her attack was interrupted, but Cleophas was able to escape before anyone could stop him. By now, the Claremont area was up in arms that a murderer was able to take the lives of these women in broad daylight inside of populated apartment complexes. A composite sketch was created and distributed throughout the area, and Cleophas made a few failed attempts at breaking into nearby apartment complexes. Then, in May of 1990, Cleophas moved to an East San Diego apartment complex and, on March 21st, broke into the apartment of Elisa Naomi Keller and stabbed her to death. At her scene was a number of circumstantial pieces of evidence that tied Cleophas to the crime, and he was seen wearing her gold nugget ring, but for some reason, the crime was not connected to him. Pamela Gail Clark was the next to fall victim to the Claremont killer. She died on September 13, 1990, and was struck while showering in her home. Her 18-year-old daughter was asleep in a nearby room. When a colleague came upon Pamela's body, she was covered in 11 deep stab wounds, and it looked as though she'd been dragged into the entryway of the home. Amber Clark, Pamela's daughter, was found lying halfway out of her room, her clothing pulled down to expose her breasts and legs spread apart. She too suffered from 11 stab wounds concentrated in her chest. Pamela belonged to the same fitness club as Cleophus's girlfriend. After her murder, he bragged to friends and wore her wedding ring on a chain around his neck. San Diego police worked tirelessly to find the man who killed six women. And finally, in February of 1991, he was caught breaking into a Scripps Ranch house after following a woman home from the same health club he followed Pamela home from. When he was caught by a neighbor who came to help, he claimed he was trying to find a female friend who entered the home. Eventually, he realized his lies weren't working and ran off. Thankfully, the neighbor took down the intruder's license plate number and police were led straight to Cleophas Prince Jr. on February 4th, 1991. He agreed to provide blood and saliva samples and his DNA was connected to the murder of Janine Weinhold, therefore connected to the rest of the Claremont killer's victims. While the lab handled the samples, Cleophas was released and left for Birmingham, Alabama to visit family. On March 3, 1991, an Alabama police officer called him and asked him to come into the precinct to finish some paperwork from his previous arrest. After talking on the phone with police back and forth for five hours, Cleophas walked into the station with his mother and was taken into custody so he could be extradited back to San Diego. Finally, he was off the streets. During his trial, Cleophas's lawyers attempted to argue that three out of the six murders could only be connected to him via circumstantial evidence. Apparently, the jury didn't agree, and on July 15, 1993, he was found guilty on all six counts of first-degree murder and 21 other felonies. He was sentenced to death on November 5th and remains at San Quentin appealing his sentence. 
Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 13th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.